Also excited to dive into a new series today, and I found something that I wanted to show you. Uh, I uncovered this bag uh, probably a year or two ago when I was going through some old stuff of mine, and inside of it, I found a bunch of Matchbox cars and Hot Wheels, and I was glad to see some of those again. My boys were especially glad to see those. Uh, but this bag brings back some really good memories uh, for me because I first got it when I was in elementary school. I hadn't seen it for years. And what happened was I got to help my father, who's uh, now a retired pastor, but at that time he was a very active pastor, my pastor. And I got to, as an elementary student, be a part of a sermon illustration. My dad is preaching on a story that we're going to read in the Bible today about a farmer who went out and sowed some seed. And so I got to dress up like a first century farmer from Israel, had a bunch of seeds in this red and blue bag. And as my dad read the story, I got to go down the center aisle of the sanctuary in our church and just scatter seed everywhere. I made a huge mess, and it was awesome. It was fun. And for me, it was very impactful as a young person to be able to do this and to be a part of the story of Jesus. And in fact, it was a way for me to tangibly connect with Jesus. And I've never forgotten that. And that's probably why I still have that bag all these years later. And I'm guessing that you are here today worshiping with us because you would like to have a tangible experience of Jesus. And maybe you've had some of those, and I sure hope so. Or maybe that's something that's been elusive for you. And maybe you're, you're waiting for the first time to encounter Jesus. So wherever you are in your walk with Jesus, I think just our presence here together signifies that that's something that we're interested in. That's something that we're, we're curious about. And sometimes these experiences of, of Jesus come and they come easily and we, we enjoy them. And sometimes it's more frustrating. It's more confusing. And, and we haven't encountered Jesus maybe in the way that, that we want to. Or maybe we did a while ago, but we don't feel a fresh relationship with Jesus. But if you're searching for a tangible connection to God, then this series that we're getting ready to start right here and right now today is for you. And I'm excited to begin to talk about that. We're going to be looking at some of the stories that Jesus told. They're called parables. And they were uh, small stories, but had a big impact. And a parable is essentially a, an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. It's an earthly story that the original hearers would have recognized as from their everyday lives and experience. And it has a heavenly meaning. And so Jesus in these stories teaches about the kingdom of God, also called the kingdom of heaven, that he's brought on the earth with him. And so the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is on the earth right now in part, and we can experience that. And one day we'll experience it in all of its fullness at the end of time. We talked a lot about that last week, but that's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. He's talking about how to have a relationship with Jesus and so this is exciting stuff, but it can also be confusing. It can also be frustrating. Uh, some of these stories, they seem simple on the outside, but they're more complicated than, than you might think. And sometimes they have a twist at the end that we totally get blindsided by. And sometimes people in the first century, sometimes people today are actually offended by some of these stories. And so if you want to buckle your seatbelt and get ready to go and learn more about the kingdom of God, learn about the kingdom of heaven, right? Those are kind of synonymous uh, phrases and learn about who Jesus is and how we can connect to Jesus, then that's exactly what we're going to do. So we're going to dive in right now with the parable of the sower. 
And we're going to be in Matthew's gospel. A gospel means the story of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. Matthew was one of Jesus' 12 disciples in the first century, and he's writing about Jesus sharing some of these stories. And so let's pick that up today with Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Let's start off with the earthly part of the story. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Now, Jesus was likely in the town of Capernaum in the north of Israel, staying in the house of, of two, two of his disciples, Peter and Andrew. And he was going out to the Sea of Galilee, which is really just a big lake. And he was going to go hang out there. You can imagine a big lake in the northern part of Israel with these rolling hills that are kind of ringed around it. And so Jesus is going out from the house, going down to the lake to hang out. And such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. So Jesus is overwhelmed by the crowds that want to see him and hear from him. So he gets in a boat and so he's, he's in the water. The people are up on the shore, has great acoustics. He can speak and they can all sit down and listen to what he has to say. Then he told them many things in parables saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear." So the early part of the story is Jesus is talking about a farmer who's going out to sow some seed, and we see that the seed lands in four different places. And so maybe this is a rookie farmer who's not quite sure how to sow this seed because farmers obviously know that seed is precious, and they probably would have just sown the seed into the land that they had plowed and be very careful about putting it in the rows and that sort of thing. But this farmer is kind of loose and carefree, saying, let's just throw the seed everywhere and see what happens. Uh, and as a, as a young boy doing that in the sanctuary with my dad, like, I scatter that seed everywhere. Like, there was seed in people's hair. Like, there's, you know, seed getting in people's mouths. Of course, you shouldn't be snoring in church. That's what you get, right? And <laughs> no, i just kidding. But anyway, as a kid, it was fun for me just to throw that seed everywhere. And, and so this earthly story is, is the seed. Some of it lands... Uh, on the path, like a hard ground path, and the birds come and get it. You know, some of the seed lands uh, in some shallow, rocky soil, and it grows up pretty quickly because it doesn't have far to sprout. It's not down deep in the soil, but when the sun comes out, it, it, it wilts it and it dies. Uh, just, a, you know, a shallow root system. Then other seed lands in the thorns, and the thorns choke out the seed when it starts to grow. And then finally, uh, the seed that lands in the good soil it prospers and it meets its potential and it multiplies up to maybe a hundredfold even. And so this seed is in the right kind of soil. So we're kind of looking at, you know, a one in four chance of getting in the right place. So uh, the, it's a long shot for the seed to make it there, but when it makes it there, it's good seed. So that's the earthly story. And then Jesus ends up with this interesting phrase where he says, whoever has ears, let them hear. What, what's that all about? My boys, uh, during our time of social distancing, have rediscovered how cool walkie-talkies are. And so when they go in the woods behind our house, they take a walkie-talkie. We keep a walkie-talkie in our house so we can talk to them, see what's going on, all the things that are happening. And it's not uncommon for someone to you know, get on there and say, have you got your ears on? Over. You know, that kind of stuff. It's always fun to do stuff like that. Uh, and so I think what Jesus is saying is, uh, 
Have you got your ears on? Are you ready to listen? Because there's a deeper meaning here. It's not just about this farmer that's just being throwing seed everywhere that, that they can possibly throw it. It, it, it. It's a deeper meaning. And so hang on and let's explore what that looks like. Now, you remember that I said sometimes with parables, they can be confusing. They can even be offensive sometimes, especially to the original audience. And so uh, we're going to begin to see that right now as we continue uh, reading the story of Jesus and the parable of the sower. Uh, with Matthew chapter 13, we're going to continue with verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, it has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand. Wow! That's not really the warm and fuzzy Jesus that we're used to hearing about on Sunday or reading about in our Bibles What's going on here? Does, does Jesus really only intend for certain people to understand the parables in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven and how to be in a relationship with Jesus? And does, does he expect to confuse others and to make it so they don't understand? Because it seems to be that's exactly what he's saying. So what's going on here? Who is this Jesus? Is this the same Jesus that we worship and, and we learn about? Like What's going on here? What's going on with, with this intention behind the parables? Well, we've got to remember that Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And he says that it's here now partially. It will be here in the full at some point. It's important. Now, one thing to note is that a lot of people in Jesus' day were expecting the kingdom of God to be a military kingdom. And for Jesus to be a strong political military leader, kind of like King David, who lived about a thousand years before Jesus. And, and Israel was a strong military and political nation, and, and people want to get back to that. But Jesus is bringing in the kingdom of God that's a lot different than that. And so he's getting ready to show them something that, that, that's going to be different. And, and part of his message is either you're with me or you're not. There's no room really to, to be on the fence in the middle. Either, either you're with me or you're not. And I think what he's saying here is, is he realizes that in the crowd, there are people who are with him. And, and they love Jesus, and they love his teaching. There are also people in the crowd that are absolutely against him, and they see him as an enemy. And a lot of these are religious leaders of the day who felt threatened by Jesus, and, and, and they go back way in history of opposing God in, in their hearts. And so there's this real combative spirit. And then there's people there just trying to make up their minds, which is understandable. And if you're here today trying to make up your mind about God, that's great, and take your time. But at the end, the parables kind of point us to we need to make a decision. Are we going to be with Jesus? Or are we not going to be with Jesus? And, and I think what Jesus is saying today is if, if we're open to Jesus and we're opening to hear from Jesus, we're opening to understand what he's trying to teach to us, that we will hear and we will understand and, and we will have revelation about what it looks like to be in a relationship with Jesus, what it looks like to live in the kingdom of heaven while it's on the earth, now in part, and, and one day we'll be here in full. But if our hearts are closed to Jesus and we're shutting Jesus out, then it's going to be even more difficult for us to understand. We have to have some kind of openness in ourselves to truly comprehend what Jesus is all about. So it's our choice. Are we ready to open ourselves to Jesus and receive it? Or are we going to close ourselves off to Jesus and make it even more difficult? I think that's what's going on here with the parables. It's still something that we wrestle with, but I think that's ultimately 
what we're doing. The parables are kind of a test of our heart. Is our heart open to God or is our, is our heart shut to God? And so that's where I think Jesus is coming down with this. Uh, so let's continue now as he begins to unpack the heavenly part of the story. We've read the earthly part. We've read about why there are parables. Now let's, let's see what that story really means from a, a spiritual and a heavenly kind of viewpoint. And it, it, it seems that the sower is someone who proclaims the good news, that the seed itself is the good news of Jesus. It's the good news of the kingdom of heaven. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. It's the, it's the story of a relationship with God. It's, it's all the good things. It's the story of Jesus is the seed. The sower is anyone who tries to share that into the world, whether that's Jesus, whether that's the disciples, whether that's a pastor, whether that's a, a lay member. It's a follower of God who's trying to share and spread the good news of Jesus out into the world. So let's look at where that seed falls from a heavenly perspective. So we continue with Matthew 13, beginning with verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So some people hear the message of Jesus and they don't really comprehend it. Uh, their, their, their hearts can be hard. They, they hear one thing, like, but Jesus is another. For example, right, some people want Jesus to be the military leader and the political leader. And when Jesus comes and offers a different gospel, right, pe people are confused about who Jesus is. And if we have the wrong idea about who Jesus is, it makes us easy prey to the evil one, to the devil, to come and snatch us up, just like the birds came and snatched up the seed that was on the hard ground, on the path. And so when our hearts are hard to who Jesus is, we become a stumbling block to ourselves. We don't listen to who Jesus really is. We interpret Jesus as we want to interpret Jesus. And then we set ourselves up to be led astray. And so that is a caution that Jesus says to us today. All right, let's continue. The seed now falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word of God, they quickly fall away. So this is people who hear the gospel like, I love Jesus. I'm with Jesus. You can count on me. I, I, I'm all about this. And, and, and our, it looks like, you know, we produce fruit. It grows up pretty quickly. But then when trouble comes because we're believers, right, in Jesus' day and our day, you know, people could be killed for their faith. People could be arrested. People could be persecuted. I think living in America, it's a lot different that what we face more often is peer pressure and ridicule. You know, you know what do you mean you can't do this? Or, what, you know, we feel that peer pressure of not going along with the crowd, right, because we follow Jesus. We just, we can't participate in some of the things that our friends do and our family does. And, and when we feel that peer pressure gaining up on us, if we don't have a deep relationship with, with Jesus, then then we're going to wither and the sun's going to come out and, and our, our roots are not deep and our faith is going to wither very quickly because we haven't had a chance to put roots down yet. And when the least resistance comes to us for being followers of Jesus, then we're out and we're gone. So that leads us to the next, uh, verse 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. And so we hear the words, I love to follow you, Jesus. I love to be in your kingdom. 
But man, I'm stressed out. I don't have time for that today. I got to provide for my family. I got to, I got to, you know, make some money. I got to go out in the world and I got to get stuff and all that kind of stuff, right? The worries and the stress of the world, uh, the temptations of the world lead us away and we get, our faith gets choked out by the thorns. So we've seen hard heart, we've seen shallow heart, now we've seen the thorny heart, these obstacles in our way of having a relationship with Jesus. Let's get to some good news here. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So when we're open to Jesus, then good things happen, right? The, the seed, the gospel, uh, the good news of Jesus, the good news of the kingdom of heaven, the good news of the kingdom of God, it, it, it blossoms in our soul, right? The seed becomes a plant and the plant grows and it produces more crops, 30 or 60 or 100 times more of, of what we have. And, and so what's happening here when our hearts are open to Jesus and we find out who Jesus really is rather than who we want Jesus to be or define who Jesus is or put Jesus in a box, right, when we truly accept who Jesus is, right, we like the seed, become transformed, right? The seed transforms into a plant, and then it reproduces itself, and, and it produces a huge crop, right? When, when we allow Jesus into our lives, right, God's in the life-transforming business. And what happens is God transforms our lives. And in our own church, one of our three core values is transformation, which basically means that God meets us where we are and helps us become something more. God meets us where we are, and helps us become something more. God says, I love you. I created you in my image. There's a lot of great things in your life, but I've got even bigger plans for you. I've got a purpose for you. I need you to make a difference in the world, and I want to show you a better way of life. And so God meets us where we are, helps us become something more. Our, our small little seed becomes this huge plant or this crop, and it spreads out, right? And, and we bear fruit, and people can see Jesus in us, and they see that we have something good in our lives. We're a great role model, and people see what we want, and they want to find out what we have, right? I love the Apostle Paul. He's a first-century pastor, starts a lot of churches, wrote most of the New Testament. And I want to read from one of his passages in the New Testament. He started a church in a place called Galatia. He wrote a letter to the Galatians. And in this letter, he talks about what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like to be in the kingdom of God, what it looks like to be in the kingdom of heaven, what it looks like to have life to the full in Jesus, to have a relationship with Jesus. And, and this is what he says that, that followers of Jesus, what they experience, what they look like in life. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? This is what we can see on the outside. Think of a, a fruit tree bearing fruit. This is what Christians look like, followers of Jesus, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? Followers of Jesus have love in their lives. Followers of Jesus have joy, even in the midst of bad circumstances. Followers of Jesus have inner peace, even though they might be in stressed out circumstances. We have joy. We have faithfulness. We have patience. We have goodness and gentleness. We're in control of our lives and ourselves. We don't see something that, that's wrong and let it take us over, we can say no to that and we can say yes to the right things. And so this is a beautiful picture of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And when our, our soil is that good soil that the seed lands in, 
another thing that we, we read in Scripture, and specifically in this passage, is that we also help other people come to faith in Jesus. That when we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we lead other people to Jesus. And so it's not just one of us, it's two of us, or four of us, or you know, 30 of us, or 60 of us, or 100 of us, that, that together we help lead people to Jesus through our words and through our actions, through our invitation, through our ministries, through, through our example, we help grow the kingdom of God. And so I think the parables are, are really operating on a couple of different levels here. One, it's speaking to people who are not yet in a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus says, I want you to experience life to the full. I want you to experience the kingdom of God right here and right now, and then forever in the kingdom of heaven, right? After we die or after Jesus comes back uh, to at the end of time, I, I have potential that I want to see in you grow and produce fruit. I want you to encounter love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and self-control and all those things that we read about. And Jesus says, this is the option, right? All you have to do is open your heart. Open your heart, right? Let that heart be full of good soil. And I'll come in, I'll sow the seed there and, and just watch what happens. Great things happen. So if we don't yet know Jesus, this is an invitation to take him up on his offer to invite him to be our Lord and Savior, to, to open our hearts to Christ. And so uh, we either decide to go with Jesus or not, right? It's the decision we have to make. And I hope that you will make that decision to give yourself to Christ. I think it also speaks to believers. I think that this, this passage speaks to those of us who walk with Jesus in our lives. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's the day that we celebrate the birth of the Christian church. And what, what happens in the Bible in the book of Acts is that Jesus has been resurrected after he's been on the cross. He's, he's been in the tomb. Now he's resurrected. Then he ascends into heaven. He sends the Holy Spirit to help the disciples spread the good news of Jesus around the world. And his disciple Peter preaches a sermon and over 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus. And these are people from all over the world that have gathered together and the church is born. And that's what we celebrate today. And, you know, thinking about today's parable and thinking about Pentecost, I wonder of those 3,000 people, how many heard that word proclaimed, gave their lives to Jesus, professed their faith in Jesus? You know, how did they fall into these four kind of categories? You know, how many of them ended up confused about what Peter said? Their hearts were really hard when they found out who Jesus really was, what he was all about that they got snatched off the path. Right? I wonder how many of them, like they were with Jesus when they heard Peter preach and it was awesome, but then they began to be persecuted. Right? Remember, Jesus was killed. Some of the disciples would be killed. And some of these people who gave their lives to Christ on Pentecost would be tested. I wonder how many of them, when they were tested in their faith, left Jesus and walked away. How many of them followed Jesus until things in life started getting tough? Right? Their bills mounted up. Uh, they got stressed out and they got worried. They, they chased after wealth and accumulating things instead of following Jesus. How many of the 3,000 were distracted and, and, and had thorny hearts take over? And then how many were in the good soil? That they had open hearts, right? So, so we've got the, we got the hard hearts. We've got the, the, the scorched hearts, the shallow hearts. We've got the thorny hearts and we've got the open hearts. I'm just, I wonder about that. Because, uh, because I think sometimes in our walk with Jesus, we start off in the good soil and we get tempted sometimes and we fall away. And our hearts become hard. Or our hearts become thorny. Or our hearts become shallow. And, and sometimes we don't. We stay with Jesus the whole time. And it's, been, it's great. It's awesome. And so, so what? So what's the good news? What's the point? What's the big deal? What, what, what are we talking about? Because it seems like this is a long shot. Like we, we would love... 
We would love to be in a relationship with Jesus. We'd love to be in the kingdom of God right now. To love, live life to full. We'd love to have the love and joy and peace and patience and all that stuff. We'd love to lead people to Christ, but sometimes it's just too hard. It's just a challenge. And we've tried it and, and, and we feel like we're just failures at that. So what? So what? what's the good news today? Here's what I think the good news is. Your long shot is God's sure thing. Your long shot is God's sure thing. Yeah, sometimes it looks like a long shot. We have a one in four chance of, of having the right soil, to having the right heart. We could probably come up with many other things that would lead us astray and make the odds even harder, right? It's a long shot to be in, a, in the kingdom of God. It's a long shot to be in a relationship with Christ. It's a long shot to maintain that relationship. But your long shot is God's sure thing. God's like, if your heart is open, I got your back. And you're going to produce fruit and you're going to have joy and you're going to have love in your life. and You're going to have peace and patience. You're going to lead people to Christ in all kinds of ways. I think what God's saying through the parable is, right, we don't just hope for life transformation. We expect it. We don't just hope for life transformation. We expect it. We expect to live lives that are peaceful and loving and joy-filled. And we expect to lead people to relationships to Jesus, right? Because Jesus promises us that, right? The parable says, if our hearts are open, right, Jesus is going to make that happen, right? The power is in the seed. The power is in the gospel. The power is in Christ. All we have to do is be open to that and expect that it's going to happen, that God's going to meet us where we are, and he's going to help us become something more. He's going to help us become better. He's going to take our potential, and he's going to grow it, and we're going to produce fruit, and we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, and, and we don't just hope for that. We expect it, right? Again, this week, we see more you know, racial injustice in our world. Another African-American man was killed by another white police officer in Minnesota. And, you know, we, we, we cry out. We've been talking about this for the past few weeks and, and how stuff like that's happening in our nation still today. And, and we, we say we hope that's going to end. We should expect it to end. Because if, if we open our hearts to Jesus and we're full of love and joy and peace and all that kind of stuff, then that racial injustice goes away. And it's not just a pipe dream anymore. It's not just a long shot. It, it's a sure thing because God is with us and we've opened ourselves to Christ. Right? That's what I'm talking about. That's what the parables are talking about. This is powerful stuff that we're talking about. So brothers and sisters, what I'd like to ask you to do this week in your own time is to give yourself a heart exam. And I'm not talking about your physical heart. I'm talking about your spiritual heart, right? To take that snapshot and say, how is it with my heart? How is it with my soul? Right? Is, the, is the soil still fertile? Am I open to God? And Am I leading people to Christ with my words and my actions and my examples and participation in the ministries of this church? Am I displaying goodness and gentleness and self-control and love and joy and peace that other people see and they want part of that and, and, and I can show them what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God now? now realizing that sometimes we don't have a great day. Right? And sometimes we stray from God right? in my own life. Right? I'm a pastor. I grew up in the church. My father is a, is a pastor. And I've been with Jesus my whole life. And for the most part, I think the, my heart's been open to Jesus. But there are moments of darkness in my life that I can look back on. And I can see that my heart got hard at this point in my life, that my heart got shallow, and I got burned in this part spiritually and in the world. My, at this part in my life that my heart got thorny, and, and I was pulled, you know, from that garden, right? Not all the way out, I don't think, but, but there were some forces that were pulling me away from Jesus, and, 
And, and I'm guessing if you follow Christ, that, that that's happened to you too. If you don't follow Jesus, I know that it's happening to us right now. It, it, but, but the good news is, I think that we're still tethered to the garden. And I think if we cry out to Jesus and ask for help and say, God, I want an open heart, but I don't know how to do that. I'm going to need you to do that for me, that Jesus is going to come in and he's going to have a fresh, big old bag of dirt, you know, some good soil, and he's going to pour it back in our hearts. And our hearts are going to blossom again, and, and, and the seed is going to grow again, and, and, and we're going to have that fruit, and we're going to make a difference, and we're going to be in that relationship with Christ. And it's going to be solid. And, and so it's not too late if you're listening. Right? If, if you've listened to this, this entire message so far, you're still here and you're still interested in Jesus. It's not too late for you. I would, I would say to our graduates today, I'm so proud of you. And we're going to honor you in just a few minutes and hope everybody will stick around to be a part of that. And you know, this is a time in your life where you're going through a lot of transformation. You're becoming men and women. You're, you're meeting new people. You're going to be going out on your own. You're going to be going to college or graduate school or starting jobs out in the world. And, and lots of things are, are, are transforming. You're also going to be tempted. And there's going to be a lot of thorns out there. There's going to be a lot of sun and, and shallow dirt that you're going to be on. There's going to be a lot of people with hard hearts. And as you do all this, I invite you to remember where you came from to remember that God loves you, that, that we love you, we're proud of you, that, that you go with Jesus. And as long as you have an open heart with God, that, that your lives will be transformed and the potential that you have will be met because God will work through you and bless you and do amazing things. And so just, just remember that. I think that's one reason I, I hung onto that bag, right? This, this red and blue bag, it, 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 it reminded me of time in my life where I felt a tangible relationship with Jesus. And I can look back in my life and see other reminders of when I've been in dark places that Jesus has been there and every time he's welcomed me back. And, and every time I've been able to return to God and, and he's given me that fresh soil, that fresh dirt, and, and, and he's opened my heart. And that's my wish for you today. Whether it's your first time surrendering to God, whether it's a renewal of your relationship, whether things are going amazing and you just want to thank God for what God's doing, or maybe you've strayed and you need Jesus to, to give you fresh soil. So wherever you are right now, would you just pray with me? Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you that you want us to live in your kingdom right here and right now on the earth and forever and all of eternity. We thank you that you want to be in a relationship with us so much that you died on the cross and you came back to life so that our wrongdoing and our guilt and shame can be forgiven and can be replaced with joy and peace and life to the full and, and that we can reach the potential that you created us to, to grow into, God. And some of us, man, it's going great, Lord, and we love you. We just want to thank you today and, and ask for you to continue to keep us on the path and, and keep that, that soil in our hearts fresh and open. And, and some of us, God, we're ready to surrender to you for the first time, and we invite you in, Lord, and we're, we're tired of living a life without you and invite you to come and open our hearts, God, and, and let us receive your kingdom right here and right now. And some of us, God, we're tired. And we're frustrated and we're upset and we've walked with you for a while, but it seems like things are drying up and our hearts are hard or they're thorny, Lord, or they're shallow. And, and we're ready to get back in the game, Lord, but we just can't do it on our own, Lord. So we ask that you would open our hearts back up right now. Pour that soil into us, God, and, and, and put that seed fresh inside of us, Lord, so that it would grow and that we would have that fruit of your Holy Spirit living in us, Lord. We love you, God. And we invite you into our lives right now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Your long shot is God's sure thing. You are not too far away for Christ to come in and save you today, right here and right now. Now, I think it's appropriate for us to respond by just singing praise to God as we pour out our hearts to God in response to the word that God delivers to us in the parable today. So I'd like to invite our modern worship leader, Cole, and our worship uh, band to come and lead us in this song right now. Let's pour ourselves out for Jesus and open our hearts to God.